Lord, we are those who do not need to be told only of your goodness. We've experienced it. We recognize that you are good. We recognize that there are many things that we cannot understand in our lives. There are many things that we do not understand that happen to us. But one thing we know for sure is that we can rest in your goodness. If I had to choose to understand why things happened or that you were good, I would choose that you were good. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to, to, to think. I don't, have to, I don't have to consider, is my God really good? The answer is yes, an emphatic yes. Jesus Christ, God the Son, has come to pay the penalty of my sin so that I might receive the reward of His righteousness. If that's not goodness, I don't know what is. And Lord, I pray that Center Church would be a place and a people consumed with the goodness of Jesus. I pray that we would be a people marked by the goodness of Jesus. I pray that we would be a people who have the goodness of Jesus constantly on our lips and in our minds. Pray that that would be who we are more and more. Lord, I pray the same for our brothers and sisters across the valley that gather together to preach the gospel today, to, to have the word of God open. I pray for my, our brothers at True Love Church in Phoenix and her lead pastor, Augustine Chacon. I pray that you would bless them today as they gather. I pray the same for our brothers and sisters at Anchor Church, led by Jason Hansen, as they gather this morning, I pray that you would bless the preaching of the Word. I pray for us. In just a moment, we're going to have God's Word open to us. And, the, and Jesus, you're going to address us through, through your Word. And I pray that you would help us to be attentive. And I pray that you would get our attention. And Lord, I just want to express in front of everyone... My gratefulness for Trent and Sarah Kramer. I want to express, Lord, just as they move to Fort Collins, Colorado, as Trent begins a new adventure, starting a different and new school there, Lord, I just want to thank you for the impact and the treasure that they have been to us as a church. They have thrown their lives in the pursuit of you. They've thrown their lives away here amongst us, and we're grateful. And Lord, we know that they will do that at the next place, the next church that they're called to be a part of. But we as a church are grateful for the way in which they impacted all of us, the way in which they led our young adults' ministries, the way in which they stitched themselves together with us, Lord. We won't be the same. And so, Lord, one of the blessings of relationship with Christ at the center is that they're eternal. So even though they'll be in Fort Collins, Colorado, they'll be serving the same Jesus, loving the same God, in the same kingdom. And we're grateful that we, we know them and we're able to spend some time with them. And in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys.
you don't know, Trent and Sarah Kramer and their son Lincoln, who is over there, um, they've, they've faithfully led our young adults ministry for a couple years now. And they're moving, this is their last Sunday with us, moving to Fort Collins, Colorado. And uh, so I just wanted to, I prayed for them, obviously, um, continue to pray for them. But I just want to say before everyone here and everyone at home, we love you, we're grateful for you, and come back soon. God bless. Thanks, Trent. Sorry, I didn't social distance from Lincoln there. One brief but amazing announcement that I'd like to share with everyone this morning is, as you know, we as a church have been blessed significantly with Catherine Corselius as a, our children's ministry director. And Catherine, yes, that's right. Where is Catherine? Where? Way back in the back, way back in the back. Catherine loves, can we put a spotlight on Catherine? Is that possible? She would love that. Okay, so she, no, actually she wouldn't. Um, but what Catherine has done is Catherine, this year, as you know, with our social distancing limitations, we were unable to celebrate our vacation Bible school. Undeterred, Catherine instead made a do-it-yourself-at-home vacation Bible school. So there's a video, there's a video series so that you can do Vacation Bible School at home. Um, there is, I can tell you, my dad is a conductor on that with round glasses and a conductor's hat and a whistle and everything. And so you are not going to want to miss it. And I'll tell you what, it's a package that will come to you and it's for the low, low price of free. So the cost is an email. If you know Catherine's email, you can email her and she'll get it to you or you can email info at centergilbert.com and we'll make sure you get one. So if you're a member, you're welcome to have one if you're at home and you're interested wherever you are, you're welcome to have one as well for your kids. But Catherine, thanks for serving our kids so well. All right, we are going to look again at the book of James this morning. We're going to look at James beginning in verse, or chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. You know as well as I do that there are tons and tons of things written and said about how-to or self-help. There's all kinds of how-to material that is streamed on YouTube channels or listened to in audiobooks, or read in old school books, or websites that have all kinds of information on how to do this or how to do that. Some of the most popular how-to bestsellers of all time are titles like this, How to Win Friends and Influence People, How to Make Money in Stocks, How to Make Your Money Last, How to Read a Book, and one not as well known, but I think should be more known, How to Stay Alive in the Woods. James has a how-to lesson for us today, and his lesson is more important than making money. His lesson is more important than winning friends. His lesson is more important than learning how to read a, look, read a book or even how to stay alive in the woods. 
his lesson this morning is this, how to get more grace from God. James wants us to know how to get more grace from God. Now, if there's one thing I want, it's grace from God. If there's one thing I don't have enough of, it's grace from God. We read last week in James chapter 4, verse 6, but he gives more grace. And there is a key to getting that grace. That grace doesn't just automatically come. That grace, there's a key. And we're, James is going to unlock that door for us this morning. Now, we don't want to misunderstand grace by super-spiritualizing it. It simply means help. God gives more help. See, today, James is going to tell us how to get active, constant, relentless help from the Almighty God. How do we get, as Christians, active, constant, and relentless help from Almighty God? How? Here's the key. Be humble. That's what James is going to tell us this morning. Be humble and get help from God. Be humble and get help from God. The key to grace from God to us is humility in, in us to God. And I'll show you where that comes from. James chapter 4, beginning in verse 6, and I'll read down to verse 10. So I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. If you have a different version, it will sound very similar, but you'll get the idea. James 4, verse 6, God's Word begins, but He, being God, gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weak. weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Three how-tos of humility here. How do we get help? How do we get grace from God? Three ways. James points them out to us in our passage. I'll mention them each in turn. The first how-to of humility is submission. The first how-to of humility we see in verses 6 and 7 is submission. Do you see the idea? We see this right there, very clear in verse 6. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Remember, in verse 6, we saw, we, said, we saw, we see James say, but he gives more grace. I'm sorry, that's verse, he gives more grace, therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then verse 7, I should say, says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. So that's the point. The idea is, if you want more grace from God, submit yourselves to God. When we, we are to submit ourselves to God, and as we submit ourselves to God, what are we doing? What's the opposite of not submitting to God? You can see the hint of it in the second part of verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Next sentence, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In other words, the opposite of not submitting to God 
is being used by the devil. If we do not submit to God, as he's talking to Christians, if we do not live a life of active submission to God, we are actively, we are not actively resisting the devil. Remember, James has told us in this book that there are two ways to live. There are two kinds of wisdom to live by. Wisdom from above and wisdom of earth. The wisdom from above is from God. The wisdom from below is from the devil. You see, when we think about submitting to the devil, we think you have to practice black magic, sign an agreement in blood, have a set of voodoo dolls, or join a witch's coven. But that's not what happens. That's not what it takes. All we need to do to serve the devil, even as Christians, is to be proud. is to be haughty, is to be too good for other people, is to consider yourself better than most people you come in contact with, or even some. Submit to God. To submit to God means you willingly place yourself under his authority and that you are completely subject to his will. You give yourself to God without question or qualification. That's what James is saying. Key to humility first is submit to God. So how do we submit to God in our daily lives? What does that look like? Is it just saying words? It's saying words. Also, it's looking to obey him. It's very simple. We look to obey God in how we speak, in what we do, even in the desires of our hearts. How do we submit to God? We obey Him. We put ourselves at His disposal. We count ourselves as second, always. You want active help from a powerful God? Work to obey in what you say, in what you do, and in what you want. This means we're going to consider others better than ourselves, and that takes work. I don't wake up thinking that other people are better than me. I wake up thinking that I'm the most important person in the universe. This means we're going to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And if we're honest, there are things that we've said and things that we've done and things that we want that do not line up with God, that don't line up to His standards. And as we think about our lives, there are ways in which all of us can say, you know what, there's a thing or two or three or ten that I'm not submitted to Him in. And I don't want to serve the devil. I don't want to actively resist the devil. I want to submit to Him. See, all of us recognize we all don't obey in the way that we ought to. We're not the example that we should be. We're not the follower of Jesus that we could be. So what do we do? Put on a mask and pretend we're okay? No. In humility, we ask God for help. In humility, we ask God for help. See, one of the reasons James put th puts things so starkly Follow, the God, follow God or follow the devil so that we Christians who think there's so much complexity with obedience and humility and all kinds of other things, we just need to realize it's simple. 
When I speak a word unkind and not timely to another person to try to cut them down or make them feel less, I'm not serving God, and I'm not resisting the devil. It's not hard. But it's impossible at the same time, right? It's not hard in the sense that we know what we need to do, but it's impossible because as we think about what we have to do, we realize, I can't. How can I change what I want? I feel powerless to do that. And you know what? Something that we can recognize here as Christians is it's not safe always to be humble. Have you seen this? Have you ever been humble before someone who is unscrupulous and angry and looking to take advantage of you? And they use your humility against you? You disclose something to them and they turn it around in an accusation later? That's one of the reasons we're not humble to other people in this world. It's not always safe to be humble. But the reason that we can be humble and go to God again and again and again for the sins we commit with our actions, words, and desires is because when Jesus, the humble one, went to God, he was rejected. That's the only reason that humility is safe for you and for me before an almighty God. Jesus was completely humble, asking for help from the Father, always getting it except on one day. On that one day, he was humble and he was crushed. so that we might be able to go freely to him and ask for help. Humility before the Father is only safe because the Son was destroyed by the Father for our many sins. You want help from God? I don't have prayers, specific prayers for you to say. I don't have rituals for you to do. There are no traditions for you to keep. What do you do? Ask for help. Ask him for help. Think of your whole life and think, what areas am I not submitted to the Lord? And ask for help. First how-to of humility is submission. Second how-to of humility is is to draw near. We can see this is eight, in verses 8 and 9. Verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So straightforward, so clear. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Why do we want to draw near to God? Verse 9, cleanse your hand, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. James is saying, to be able to cleanse your hands, which means your actions, to be able to change your actions because your hands stand for all that you do, to be able to purify your hearts, which stands for everything inside you that you want, even those things that you've never admitted to anybody else, those things that are so deep and, and dark and secret that you, you don't even ever want to even give them voice. James is saying we need to purify even down to that level. How do you do that? Will you draw near to him? And he will draw near to you. Notice the text doesn't say, wait for him to come to you. It says, Christian, draw near to him. 
and he will draw near to you. Because drawing near takes humility. No one is proud in the presence of God. The throngs of angels arrayed in the throne room in this moment. There's not one of them that's standing off in the corner disinterested or checking his phone or feeling like there's nothing really for me here. No. In the presence of God, even creatures without sin are humbled. And when we come into the presence of God, when we draw near to God and He draws near to us, we become aware of those things in our lives that we need to cleanse and purify and where we need to weep. There, are, there is a reality that the sins we commit, the sins we fantasize about, should not be things that we cherish, but things that we weep about. Conviction of sin from the Holy Spirit for past, present, and future sins they shouldn't make us laugh. They should make us weep. Sorrow for sin is often sorrow for sin, not sorrow for consequences for sin. Listen carefully. Sorrow for sin is often a sign of the work of the Holy Spirit. Sorrow for consequences of sin often is not. There's a difference. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. It takes humility to draw near to God. It takes humility to ask for help. But we must. So how can we draw near to God? We can draw near to God by coming to His Word. His Word takes humility to say to Him, I need you to inform me. I need you to guide me. I need you to speak to me. If I do not have you speaking to me, I have no idea what to do. We draw near to Him in His Word. We draw near to Him in prayer. It takes humility to talk to God and ask Him for help. Prayer is not, just an ongo- is not just you thinking about things in your mind. It's an ongoing conversation with God. When you just think about your problem, nothing happens. But when you pray to God, you unleash the power of Almighty God to work on your behalf. We come to Scripture. We come to Him in prayer. We come to Him by, we, by serving. It takes humility to give other people your precious time and energy without expecting anything in return. By serving someone else, You're putting yourself actively below them to meet their needs and honor God. We draw near as we read the word, as we pray, as we serve, and as we worship and sing together. I know there are limitations based on the pandemic that we are enduring at this moment. And there will be a day where we can all come together and worship and sing together without hindrance. That will be a wonderful day. But we all need to be able to, at some level and in some way, have God address us through his word and through song. God gives grace. He gives help to those who are humble enough to come and draw near to him on a regular basis. Even as Christians, it can be tempting not to draw near to God because, really, you've been feeling a little bit distant. And you're not really sensing his closeness. 
when you come to him, he's not going to say, finally, where have you been? That's what we would say. But he's not like us. He's going to say, hey, great to hear from you again. Let's keep this conversation going. I'm glad he's not like me, really glad. I'm glad he has more grace to offer me than I do to other people. I'm so glad that he is kind to me. Even when I sin, I can go to him and say, help me. I can draw near without fear, without the fear of reprisal, without the fear of recrimination, without the fear of him saying, you're such a horrible person. No, as a Christian, we know where we fall short, don't we? We can draw near to him and get help from him. The first how-to of humility Submission to God. The second how-to of humility is to draw near to God. The last, the third how-to of humility is exaltation. Now you would expect to hear that God helps the humble, like the way that God helps the humble is like things like, well, things are going to get a little bit better. You're going to be a little bit happier. You're going to have more fun. It's going to be easier for you to smile. You know, maybe you'll get some more energy. But that's not what James says in verse 10. He says something far more audacious and harder to believe. Verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Now, there's a lot of ways I have no idea what the heck that means. Exalt me? I mean, that sounds great and everything, but what? That's an unexpected word. See, exalt in verse 10. He will promote you. He will raise you up. He will take up your cause. He will cause you to prosper. How? By having all the answers? By being perfect? By being humble and being willing to ask for help. That's how. I do know that the exaltation that we will experience is beyond what we can imagine in the world to come. But this is not just speaking about the world to come. The exaltation that the Lord has for the humble is in this life and the life to come. In our world, the humble get stepped on and pushed out. In God's economy, the humble are exalted. The humble don't vie for their own rights and privileges to get ahead. They entrust their cause to God and let Him exalt them. You see, what we're tempted to think is this. I must lift myself up because if I don't, nobody else will. And James says, false. Those of you who are humble, God will lift you Just being really, really, really stinking practical, God's arms are longer than mine. He can lift me and he can lift you up a whole lot higher. It's the same thing that Jesus says in Luke 18. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For who, everyone who exalts himself 
will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. We gain spiritual strength by acknowledging our own weakness. We get help when we are humble. The way of spiritual strength is admitted, admitting spiritual poverty. The way to be remembered is by forgetting yourself. The way to be exalted is by being brought low. The way to have power is by admitting you have none. The way up is down. The way for help is recognizing and asking and saying, I'm helpless before God. God doesn't help the deserving. He helps the humble. Those who know they aren't deserving and ask for help. Because the reality is, none of us deserve his help. So I'm going to close in prayer. As I do, I'm going to just pause in the middle of my prayer and leave us 20, 30, 40 seconds here in this room and for you at home just to engage with God and give you an opportunity to confess and to ask for help quietly to yourself. Lord, I pray as a church, as a people, that we would be humble. We have every reason to be humble before a mighty God, but we're grateful that you would do us Do us the privilege of reminding us today. Thank you that you remind us today, Lord, that there are times our necks are stiff and we're haughty. Lord, I don't want to be that way. I pray that you would, throughout this sermon, Lord, I pray that you have put your finger on things in each of our lives that we need to change. And I pray that you would, and just in these quiet moments here in just a second, I pray that you would allow us each to just engage with you, Lord. I pray that we would humble ourselves. I pray that we would ask for forgiveness. And I pray that you would give us more help. We believe because that's what you say you do, and we pray that you would do that. So let's just take a few moments. Lord, I pray for all of us that you would do a work in us. I pray, Lord, I pray that we would all recognize our weakness and just ask for help. Lord, I know that there are people probably in this room and watching that the humble move they need to make is by asking Jesus to forgive their sins. And they need to begin to follow you. Lord, I pray that they would understand it's not for the worthy or the perfect or the religious, 
but for the willing and the humble. I pray as Christians, Lord, that you would help us to draw near to you and be relentless as you point, put your finger on sin in our hearts and in our lives, that we would confess, repent, and ask for help. Jesus, we're grateful that it's safe to be humble before God because of you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.